Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Transformation Radio. choices uh along my way and um ended up hitting rock bottom and then uh god brought me to the to the refuge um since i've been to the refuge i've noticed a lot of changes not only mentally but also physically um feel a lot healthier more active wanting to wanting to learn god's word and um the end result is is uh going to be a blessing. I, I can feel it already and um, I just encourage everybody to be strong in their faith and I really want to thank uh, all our overseers out there in Vinton County. They're, they're doing awesome things down there. Matt and Phil Sleeper, thank you guys. 
Hi, this is Russell Blankenship. Um, graduating uh, first phase, moving to second phase. Uh, when I come into the refuge, man, my life was a wreck. I tell you, I've, I've been saved. I got uh, God in my life, and I'm looking forward to uh, all the blessings that are about to come. Um, hey, I just want to say for you guys over there in the first phase, stick it out, man. It, uh, it, it's going to get better, guys. I know things are rough right now, but uh, things are going to get better. God bless you. And now, as we turn to the New Testament, our reading today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. We'll read about the Lord's Supper. It's a visible representation symbolizing the death of Christ for our sins. It reminds us of Christ's death and the glorious hope of His return. Our participation in it strengthens our faith through fellowship with Christ and with other believers. Now, Paul acknowledges that there are differences among church members. When they develop into self-willed divisions, however, they are destructive to the congregation. Those who cause division only serve to highlight those who are genuine believers. Now, when the Lord's Supper was celebrated in the early church, it included a feast or fellowship meal followed by the celebration of communion. In the church in Corinth, the fellowship meal had become a time when some ate and drank excessively while others went hungry. There was little sharing and caring. This certainly did not demonstrate the unity and love that should characterize the church. Nor was it a preparation for communion. Paul condemned these actions and reminded the church of the real purpose of the Lord's Supper. Now what does it mean? The early church remembered that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper on the night of the Passover meal. Just as Passover celebrated deliverance from slavery in Egypt, so the Lord's Supper celebrates deliverance from sin by Christ's death. So what is this new covenant? Well, in the old covenant, people could approach God only through the priests and the sacrificial system. Jesus' death on the cross ushered in the new covenant or agreement between God and us. Now all people can personally approach God and communicate with Him. He invites us. As a matter of fact, He says to come boldly into His throne room. Jesus said, Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. But how do we remember Christ in the Lord's Supper? By thinking about what He did and why He did it. Paul also gives specific instructions on how the Lord's Supper should be observed. Now when Paul said that no one should take the Lord's Supper unworthily, he was speaking to the church members who were participating in it without thinking of its meaning. People should come to this meal desiring to fellowship with other believers and prepare for the Lord's Supper to follow, not to fill up on a big dinner. If you're really hungry, Paul says, eat at home. And it means that they should eat dinner beforehand uh, so as to uh, come to the fellowship meal in the right frame of mind. All right, let's uh, read all about it during our reading now here in the New Testament. August 18th, the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. But in the following instructions, I, Paul, cannot praise you Corinthians, for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. First, I hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church, and to some extent I believe it. But, of course, there must be divisions among you so that you who have God's approval will be recognized. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. 
For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry, while others get drunk. What? Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. On the night when He was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then He broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, He took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until He comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet, when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home, so you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you instructions about the other matters after I arrive. Our reading from the book of Psalms today comes from Psalm 35, verses 17 through 28. David cried out to God to defend him when people wrongly accused him. Ever been wrongly accused? And you know how David felt. If you are unjustly accused, your natural reaction may be to lash out in revenge or to give a detailed defense of your every move. Instead, ask God to fight the battle for you. He will clear your name in the eyes of those who really matter. Psalm 35, verses 17 through 28. How long, O Lord! Will you look on and do nothing? Rescue me from their fierce attacks. Protect my life from these lions. Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. Don't let my treacherous enemies rejoice over my defeat. Don't let those who hate me without cause gloat over my sorrow. They don't talk of peace. They plot against innocent people who mind their own business. They shout, Aha! Aha! With our own eyes, we saw him do it. O oh Lord, you know all about this. Do not stay silent. Do not abandon me now, O oh Lord. Wake up, rise to my defense. Take up my case, my God and my Lord. Declare me not guilty, O oh Lord my God, for you give justice. Don't let my enemies laugh about me and my troubles. Don't let them say, Look, we got what we wanted. Now we will eat him alive. May those who rejoice at my troubles be humiliated and disgraced. May those who triumph over me be covered with shame and dishonor. 
but give great joy to those who came to my defense. Let them continually say, Great is the Lord, who delights in blessing his servant with peace. Then I will proclaim your justice, and I will praise you all day long. Proverbs chapter 21, verses 19 and 20. It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome complaining wife. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get.
the path is daunting And every step exhausting I'm not alone I'm not alone No, no series of 10 the top 10 distinctions between dream fulfillers and dream killers by keith cameron smith distinction two dream fulfillers believe in destiny dream killers believe in chance and coincidence do you believe in destiny if you do then that means there is something you are supposed to be doing with your life your destiny is your dream and although it is your dream you can't fulfill it without others, which means there are people you are supposed to be in relationship with. 
there are people you are destined to be in relationship with, and there are people you are destined not to be in relationship with. Many times when God wants to bless you, he will send a person. And when the enemy wants to curse you, he will send a person. Therefore, it is extremely important that you are in relationships that you were supposed to be in and that you would stay away from people who you are not supposed to be in relationship with so that you can do what you are supposed to be doing with your life. Sometimes when you first meet people, it will require patience to determine if they are someone whom you are supposed to be in relationship with. Be careful with first impressions. First impressions are lasting impressions, but they are not necessarily accurate, accurate perceptions. The way you see a person is the way you judge a person, and judgments are based on your own prejudices. A prejudice is simply a prejudgment. It is unwise to prejudge people. It takes time to get to really know someone. After a while, you will be able to see clearly if someone is supposed to be a part of your destiny, your dream. In my experience, experience there are four types of people. People who are supposed to help you, people you are supposed to help, people you help and they help you in return, and people who you are supposed to avoid like the plague. Most people you meet can either help you or you can help them. A few people you need to run from. The key is identifying which category people fall in. You may think someone is supposed to help you, but in reality, your destiny is to help them. Or you may think you're supposed to help someone, but their destiny in reality is to help you. This is where God's sense of humor shows up. Initially, you might even think you need to run from someone, but that person might have some knowledge or be a contact that is important to your dream. Millions of dreams have been delayed because people's prejudices make them judge someone as unworthy of their time and energy, so they avoid them, when in actuality they are a vital, a vital part of their destiny. Be very careful about prejudging people, as you could lose a, a key piece of the puzzle to your dream. Warning: Get away and stay away from people who you know for certain you are not supposed to be in relationship with. If you have known someone for a while and you know that there is no opportunity for you to help them or there is no opportunity for them to help you, then move on. I'm not talking about marriage. There are only a few specific reasons to move on from a spouse like abuse and sexual immorality, but that's another book. I'm talking about friends, colleagues, and people you see on a regular basis. If there is someone who is constantly feeding your fear and draining you, then you must move away or suffer the consequences. The consequences are delayed dreams, which can become a dead dream in an unfulfilled life. Make no mistake, the people in your life are not there by accident, chance, or coincidence. Some people come into your life for definite purposes that either help or hinder your destiny. Some people are either supposed to bless your dream or be blessed by you, and a small minority come into your life with the purpose to destroy your dream. Dream fulfillers do what they can to help others fulfill their dreams, and dream killers 
who have already killed their own dreams do what they can to kill the dreams of others. Contrary to common thinking, your destiny or dream is not set in stone. It is flexible and dynamic. It can expand and grow, or it can, it can get smaller and die depending on you and the people you are in relationship with. The people that you choose to associate with are either supposed to be in your life or not. Choose to build relationships with those who are, and you will fulfill your destiny. Dream fulfillers believe in destiny. Dream killers believe in chance and coincidence. There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Take me in with your arms spread wide. Take me in like an orphan child. Never Oh my God.
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.